marketing technology or MarTech has suddenly become both more important and more problematic. Marketers must consider how to tame the profusion of technology and harness it to work more effectively, both for the customer and the brand. Hi, I'm Wilson Raj, and welcome to this episode of Reimagine Marketing Podcast, The Perils and Promises of MarTech. And today, I'm so excited to welcome a special guest, Scott Brinker. He is well known as the editor of the ChiefMarTech.com blog. He's also the VP of Platform Ecosystems at HubSpot. Welcome, Scott. Hi, Wilson. It's great to be here with you. Absolutely. The perils and promise of marketing. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I thought you would like that, that alliteration, but also I think sort of the dual-edged nature of the topic that now, Scott, frankly, you have been on this for a long time. I think, you know, if I remember correctly, I mean, you know, I do remember this quote when you started in 2008 and uh, there was a call premise, right, where you feel that marketing is really a technology-powered discipline and therefore marketers have to infuse this tech uh, into their DNA. Yeah, I mean, and again, it's not to take away from the the larger mission of marketing, which is to find and engage and delight our customers. It's just that in the past 10, 20 years, and accelerating even more in these past few years, the ways in which we reach those customers and engage with them are through all these digital channels. And to be honest, to do that, we're leveraging all sorts of amazing software, you know, and so it's not that the software is somehow the top of the pyramid or, you know, the, you know, uh, the, the focus of what we're trying to do, but it's the enablement, it's the capability, it's how we actually achieve brilliant and amazing marketing in today's world. Absolutely. So, you know, let, let's kind of start from the top. You know, how did this whole charting of the MarTech landscape start? I mean, there had to be some pivotal moment where we decided, you know what, I'm going to do a, some kind of a graphic of, out of this. And, and now that super graphic has really become sort of a hinge point for all kinds of discussions around digital marketing, digital strategy, you know, digital transformation as it relates to marketing. So how did that idea come about? Yeah, well, I think there were kind of two pivot moments there. Uh, so the first, you know, as you mentioned, like when I started writing my blog, I was really on a mission to help persuade CMOs that they needed more technical talent inside their organization, just because mm -hmm. marketing was becoming a true digital profession. Uh, and, you know, at the time, not everyone was buying into that. Uh, no, I like, think it was, was a hard sell, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the, the the world of IT and software was seemed very far away, you know, from the world of marketing. So I remember for one presentation for a group of CMOs, I decided, all right, let me help them visualize this, and I put together that first slide of mm -hmm. around. 150 marketing technologies I found at yeah. the time, um, and it was entirely just to like help people appreciate, oh my goodness, just how much technology is there in marketing and. Again, even with just 150 at the time, it seemed like mind-blowing. That was mind-blowing. Um, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> uh, so that was kind of the first pivot. I think people was like, wow, okay, yes, th there is a lot here. And then I remember the second pivot moment was, you know, after doing that for a couple years, where it kept doubling year over year in 2014, when all of a sudden it was like a thousand solutions on the side. That was then like, okay, we're now going into some 
uncharted territory. Like, yeah, this is this just is like a, a new, new dynamic. It's a new dynamic. It's a new threshold. Absolutely. So at that point, when you hit that mark, uh, remember, I think that in the more recent one, I mean, we hit what, like 8,000 or something, you know, 8, uh, in 2020. Uh, and, and interestingly enough, about, uh, you know, half of those things, I think like 2,000 plus was around content and experience design. Uh, another 2,000 was around social media. And then we definitely had, you know, quite a bit, almost like a little over 1,000 around data uh, and our data management. So when we hit that 1,000, that was a pivotal moment. Now, you know, we, we're closing 10. Are we going to get there? Yeah. In fact, actually, one of the reasons we haven't yet produced a 2021 version is the landscape just continues to grow so much. It's, it is an incredible logistical challenge to figure out how do we research them all? How do we get them all on a slide? Uh, we're actually trying to rethink uh, the whole approach. But to give you some sense of this, um, because I'm now not the only person who does this, there's, you know, people, I, I don't know, like these icon landscapes have become a cottage industry for so many, uh, you know, tech areas. Uh, there was someone a couple months ago who put together a landscape of just marketing technologies associated with virtual events and video conferences. Mm -hmm. And just that landscape focused on just that narrow category had over 800 solutions oh, man. mapped into That's it. That's hitting like, that 1,000 threshold that, that you mentioned that was you know, for all of MarTech. And right, and now it's just this. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> and, and you know what else, Scott? I, 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 you talk about the landscape. I remember in the earlier versions, there was this very, you know, elaborate block diagrams, right? And, and your latest one, it looks almost like a map from Middle Earth uh, in Lord of the Rings 2 or something like that. You know, it's just islands and, and peninsulas and, and, you know, all kinds of, you know, geographical features going on there. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited to, I'm definitely looking forward to see what your other rendition, you know, uh, once we hit that 10,000 mark would look like. Yeah, uh, it's actually, I have to credit, it was the graphic designer who was helping me with uh, that last one, who the reason it is this sort of crazy freeform map is because the amount of time it took to constantly size and resize things within a, uh, you know, rectangular box. Yeah. And then the moment you come up with another logo, you have to go in and you have to like resize everything oh, and rearrange boy. it. I mean, the, the graphic designer basically revolted uh, and said, not doing that anymore. I mean, no, we'll just put them here, we'll draw a line around them. I'm like, actually, that's kind of cool. So Yeah, but. it seems organic <laughs> enough, right? So. So, you know, here's, here's the thing. So, you know, you have seen this growth, this landscape evolving from 2014, even prior to that, all, all the way up to now. So, you know, what are the things that you're seeing that are pretty much the same, right? Maybe whether it's, you know, uh, capability-wise or, or thematically. And what are the things that you're seeing that are different, maybe that wasn't around even two years ago? Yeah, great question. Um, well, I think the things that remain the same, and I'm actually both happy and sad that they remain the same, um, uh, is I think the themes of what marketers generally want to leverage technology for are pretty constant, right? I mean, like, mm -hmm. we're still in this mode where we're like, okay, well, we want to find the right audience. We want to get them the right message there you at go. the right time, um, you know, which is, frankly, where marketing should be thinking. Like, that's, that, that's our goal. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, as the technology environment in which we're operating just continues to evolve and there are new channels and there are new tactics and there are new audience preferences and all this, you know, the technology just to actually deliver on that promise continues to evolve. 
but yeah, the, the, the overarching mission, uh, you know, remains wonderfully constant. So that's our North Star. I think the things that are changing, boy, whew, there's so many we can dive into. I'll, I'll, I'll highlight two, uh, right. and then we might come back to them in, you know, this conversation in more detail. But uh, one of them is this whole no-code movement. Uh, mm. And when I talk about no-code, I don't mean just like building apps without code. I mean, this whole idea of saying like you as a general business user, you as a general marketer to have more and more of these tools that you can create things that not so long ago you couldn't create on your own. You would have had to like hire, you know, software engineers or graphic designers or, you know, different experts. And for a whole bunch of things that we as marketers want to do or we want to experiment with, the costs and the barriers to doing that just it, it didn't make it worthwhile, but mm-hmm. um, you know, so many of these no-code tools, um, they, they give a whole nother level of things that now become accessible to us to experiment and try. And then the second thing that's really interesting right now is really the, the reintegration of marketing into the rest of the organization. For the past decade, uh, you could argue a lot of this advancement in marketing technology in a lot of cases, it happened independent of the rest of the organization for good reasons, actually. In a lot of cases, the rest of the organization wasn't even ready you know, to yeah. move forward at the speed that marketing needed to move forward with. But things are changing. Part of this whole digital transformation is the recognition that it's not just marketing. It's the entire organization, you know, that becomes digitally powered and engages with customers through, you know, a, 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 a digital interface. And so now there's all these really interesting things happening around like how do we take all the marketing technology, you know, and connect it better with the rest of the organization and vice versa. How do we harness more of the things that the rest of the organization is doing, you know, and leverage them in marketing? Right. I, I think, Scott, you know, the, those two points, firstly, that, you know, low code, no code, that aspect as it relates to marketers is such a very fundamental difference, right, between marketers of yore and, and, and today, right? Not that we have to be coders, although it, it might seem that way, but the ability to, to be technologically savvy enough to understand where these apps, you know, how they work, you know, how they integrate, what's the data flow, what's the process flow. I think that's, and I'm definitely going to dive into that because I think there's some interesting market sort of reactions or, you know, expectations, at least from the, the management level, right, in terms of that. But then the other one is, yes, right place, right time, right content. But then, boy, this is exploded to something broader than just marketing, all right, a, a kind of a business impact. So let's kind of take that, that, that first element around, you know, skill set. You know, there was a, uh, and I think you referenced this, Scott, in, in one of your blogs also, uh, there was a CMO council survey where there was a question around where the C-suite thinks that marketing has a gap, right, or a hole. And and the first one was 42% of that C-suite said that it's the modernization of MarTech that includes the org, the systems, and the operations. And then right, uh, I would say close behind that, at 40% was proficiency, technical mm-hmm. proficiency. That's that kind of speaks to your, your low-code, no-code kind of you know point there. And then the others that followed was around that old chestnut data you know, at a 37% and, and everything related to data. So when I looked at this, Scott, when I looked at, you know, what we're seeing, the acceleration of digital savviness and, and tech 
especially with since the COVID, right? And we hear that uh, digital transformation has accelerated, right? From years into months. I'm surprised at that first one, that modernization of, of systems and operations where that 42% of the C-suite would still think, hey, Marcus, you guys have a long way to go. What's your thought? What do you read on that? How do you read this stat? Yeah, I mean, this data was surprising, but to me, it kind of makes sense through the lens of, uh, you know, again, I feel like actually in many, I, in some ways, I don't feel it's entirely fair to the marketing org because I do yeah. think marketing actually made tremendous advances in many cases ahead of the rest of the organization, well, yeah. you know. But I think where this this is a perception issue, mm. but also a bit of reality is I do think marketing got a little bit too isolated on the MarTech stack, you know, mm. and the problem with the MarTech stack is nobody else in the organization has visibility to that, you know. And I think in particular, what happened here over these past couple of years with a real acceleration of digital transformation of the rest of the business, the C-suite, all these other peers of the CMO are looking at how they connect systems across the organization. And I think for a lot of CMOs, and I'll push some of this down to the marketing ops and marketing tech teams too, you know, yeah. they were so focused on the MarTech stack that I think we may have been a bit slow to catch on to this opportunity to say, okay, there's actually a second generation that's happening here. And it's not just our stack. It is the collective business stack. And how do we feed and you know work with that? And so I, I, my, I suspect that's part of what we missed. But then also the digitally savvy, uh, you know, uh, the, the, this, this sense of saying like, oh, well, the C-suite doesn't necessarily think we have enough digitally savvy managers. I think that's fair. I don't think this is actually isolated to marketing it's just mm -hmm. the war for talent right now is so intense and even organizations where they have like great marketing operations and great marketing tech people very often they have a few people who are really amazing at that and then perhaps they have a broader organization that's good at many many things but not necessarily as strong in really leveraging you know the state of the art technology and I think this is something that for marketers, my takeaway from that would be to like, I mean, you can't just hire all this because this is the challenge this is the competitive right. world for talent, but it's like really leaning more into the enablement and training and development uh, of internal mm -hmm. talent. You know, for years, like, you know, marketers were so used to, you know, making such big investments in quote unquote sales enablement, you know, That's to right. salespeople better sell, you know, our solutions. It's almost like we need to take some of, you know, that energy and that creative insight and apply it to marketing enablement, marketing enablement. that's helping our own marketing teams actually leverage all these capabilities that we're building out uh, better. Scott, that, that's a huge point. You're right. You know, marketing traditionally, right? And, and we still do, right? We support sales. Right? Ultimately, we have to show business results. From a C-suite perspective, that is typically revenue, right? Profitability. Uh, reduction in costs, those kinds of things. That those are the numbers that that that, that C-suite look like. They're less interested in uh, click-through rates or you know, you know, use of assets, and you know, they'll be they have to be transformed to some kind of business metric. So I, I think you know you're you're right. How do we then enable? And and I love that point about the, the perception stuff, right? Because I think I've seen a lot of brands, even at SaaS, 
that acceleration of, of, of digital savviness, we're not the only ones. A lot of brands, CPG, retailers did that, accelerated in 2020, right? I've never seen so much digital savviness, literally, and also experienced it for myself, right? When I go to my bank or my grocer and, and, and so on. But I, I think, you know, overall, in terms of what's a net effect to the business and, and other parts of the operations, that's where we have some more work to do there. And, and it's, it's for the better, actually, because I think it's going to be a two-way street. I think, actually, because marketing does genuinely have so much experience that we've acquired over the tool sets and the tech stack that we have been using over the past, uh, you know, five, 10 years, I think we can bring a lot of insights to, you know, other functions of the business of how to leverage this and how to think of the right moments with the right mm -hmm. customer. But also, I think we'll learn a ton. You know, I mean, like if we just pick an area like the modern data stack, not just okay. for marketing, but, you know, for organizations as a whole and how we're managing. This is obviously an area you guys know a lot about. But, you know, I mean, the whole analytics pipelines and, you know, machine learning. It's I mean, there's just so much that's advancing now throughout the rest of the organization. And I think there's so much marketers can learn from their peers, you know, in those organizations to, oh, no, that's the data set you have there. And oh, that's how you're like, yes, yes, this is actually yeah. really relevant. We can, we can use this, you know. And so I think it's actually going to be an incredible renaissance of, you know, this reintegration of marketing with these other functions. I think it's going to be wonderful for everyone. And so I kind of expect that two years from now, if they do this survey, uh, it's going to be very it's different. It's very uh, different, you know, yeah. Perception. I love the way you address it in the first two, right, around that modernization is certainly a perception. And then that notion of uh, technical savviness, right? It's, we have a shortage of, of talent, but also at the same time, what can we do to do better marketing enablement? And then that's where that third element, that data piece, good customer data, where 37% of the C-suite said, hey, we got some gaps here. That is the peril, but also the opportunity, the promise of, in terms of how we can activate that. Now, what can, from a data perspective, Scott, and you, you know, looking at it strategically, what can marketers at all levels, right, uh, from the CMO down, from her organization you know, leading it to you know, executives, to practitioners, to, to actual you know, data scientists right, or marketing analysts as it relates to data, what can we collectively do to up that number is it looking at different data sources or more of it, you know, within the org or, or slicing it, you know, into more infinite proportions? Uh, what, what are the things we can do there to, to get that number up, that confidence level up? Yeah, it's a great question. I think two things come to mind. Uh, so one, I mean, again, marketing has traditionally had some very specific sources, uh, you know, of data. It's the, you know, data that we pull in through, you know, our advertising channels. It's data we pull in through social media. It's data we pull from engagements on, you know, websites, which is great. That's been awesome. But what's happening here in the broader digital transformation is we are seeing more and more digital touch points being created for customers that aren't about marketing touch points per se. Mm -hmm. They're actually the delivery of the service, the delivery of the product. I mean, you mentioned like going to your bank, you know, yeah. and how that process and, you know, the way you use those apps, it's just totally different. And I think one of the greatest opportunities for marketing 
is to be able to uh, make sure we are getting plugged into and instrumenting these behavioral activities of what customers are actually doing with our digital services and products at different points. I mean, it's like Mm. in SaaS, obviously, like this whole thing around product-led growth, you know, I mean, or if you're like an app developer for like the iPhone or Android, I mean, all, you know, all these tools that, you know, uh, you know, like the Pendos and whatnot of the world that people are using the instrument. I mean, like, Oh my goodness, this is a gold mine, you know, of, you know, real data about real customers behaving in a way and then using that to both understand them, but also then to find the ideal opportunities where we can serve them better from a customer marketing, customer lifecycle perspective. So yeah, I think that's probably the, you know, single greatest one, but I think it's also connecting that flow in the other direction, you know, just Mm -hmm. as we want to be able to pull data from all those, you know, digital products and services. I think the data that we have from channels that we traditionally own, we should be doing a better job of feeding that data to those same, uh, you know, digital products and services so that they can use that in the context of just personalizing the actual customer experience right. uh, of their usage. And so, again, this is I, I think I'm just going back to that same theme of saying the, the opportunity to reintegrate marketing and MarTech, you know, with now a more savvy overall digital organization I feel like a kid in a candy store just thinking about it. I mean, there's just so many opportunities with that. I think, you know, it's so important for the audience listening in, especially marketers who are listening in, that they get the sense of optimism. Yes, there are some perils, you know, of of modernizing the stack as well as improving in our efficiency, right? Our our skill sets around data literacy, for example, or, or AI and so on. And one is like be the insights engine, not just for marketing, but for the business, right? And, and, and CX at large. And secondly, to be the collector aggregator of all the data that comes from literally every part of the organization, right? And then play it back either to them as part of the CX cycle or, you know, to be able to uh, revamp strategies. So I think that's a very important point, you know, Scott, that you raised in terms of getting the confidence of the, of the C-suite up. It's a great time to be in marketing. <laughs> I love it. It's a challenging time, but it is a great time. Cool. Okay. We're going to shift gears a little bit and, and sort of take a little bit more panoramic view. The year 2030 seems to be sort of this, I know it's almost like a finish line for everything. You know, so SaaS, you know, right before uh, in late 2019, right before the disruptions and all that, we did a worldwide survey around the future of experience, customer experience, and it's called Experience 2030, where we had you know, five different themes, you know, themes around smart tech, where you know, things from a consumer perspective, you know, there's a lot of value there, immersive tech, the adoption of AR, you know, IR, virtual reality, those kinds of things, you know, uh, digital loyalty in the future, you know, it's less about programs, but more about loyalty to the entire brand and experience. Obviously, data privacy, right? How that becomes a key part of the customer experience. And then this notion of agility and automation. So we had these five drivers. And interestingly enough, uh, I think you partnered with WPP, which is my former employer in a previous life, also with a 2030 title. I think you also had about five, is it five or four trends yeah, or something five. like that? Five. You had, you had <laughs> the five too. And, and, and let it be known to the audience that this was done 
absolutely independently. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that research, you know, title and, and then, you know, what some of the, the top line findings and your observations of that, Scott. <laughs> yeah, it makes me wonder like, oh, all these people independently around the world all of a sudden get the idea of the number five or 2030, you know, like there's going to be some big event there. Uh, yes, maybe it's the singularity. Uh, it you could know, be. Maybe it's it could uh, be. the alien's we be, land. Um, we could be anyway. responsible for that. <laughs> <laughs> but even if none of that amazing stuff happens and it's simply like, you know, a pinnacle for, you know, modern marketing, we'll, we'll take that. Yes. Um, yeah, so the five themes that I, I love the five themes, uh, you know, that you identified, and I think they're not mutually exclusive. I think they're actually complementary with exactly. the five themes that uh, we leaned into. Uh, the five themes we had were, all right, not surprising, uh, this no code citizen creator capability. I think just amazing what we can do today. Play that out over the next nine years. It's going to be mind blowing. The second was, a, a little bit abstract, but uh, it was basically about getting people to think more about these patterns of platforms, networks, and marketplaces. Uh, you know, I mean, so much of business has been organized for now the past 50 years, you know, around really this concept of like uh, hierarchies and chains. You know, we have our value chain, we have our supply chain, we have our distribution chain, uh, you know, and, and, and there's still value to, you know, those mental models. But in the digital world, there's this new set of models that, you know, are just proliferating, you know, inside our companies, in our supplier base, in the way we reach customers. And there are these platforms, networks, and marketplaces. So like really understanding those dynamics and how to leverage them. Uh, the third is what I call the great app explosion, uh, uh -huh. which is a little bit like, you know, the MarTech landscape, but it's bigger than the MarTech landscape. I have a stat from uh, the folks at IDC that they expect in the next two years alone, there will be like over 500 million digitally created like apps and services out in the world. Now, not well, all imagine doing a landscape for that, Scott. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm waving the white flag there. <laughs> Time to pick a new profession. Um, but, you know, I mean, they're not all going to be commercially packaged mm -hmm. SaaS applications. In fact, it's almost like an iceberg. The, the vast majority of them will be below the waterline as custom apps and digital services businesses create for themselves. But still... This just this is Mark Andreessen's prediction from a decade ago. It's yeah. like software is eating the world. And rather than keep fighting that or keep saying, ah, oh, well, this is just a blip and, you know, it's all going to consolidate into like one or two major software companies and we're done. We, we just need to embrace the reality that we live in a world of, for all practical purposes, infinite software. Mm -hmm. So how do we how do we harness that? How do we actually make that a good thing? Um and then that leads into the fourth trend, which was talking about the shift from an emphasis on big data, you know, mm -hmm. like just figuring out, oh, my God, we've got all this data. What do we how do we collect it? How do we store it? How do we analyze it to increasingly this challenge of what I would call big ops, you know, mm -hmm. because it's now how do we actually operationalize on that data? The operationalization, uh, you know, of our businesses around that data. Right. 
it's like not just a one spot here, one spot there. It's like no, it's, everyone in the organization. Right. I'm using this for my algorithm here. I'm using it for this app here. I'm using this with my agents on the phone over yeah. there. I mean, it's just like I, the, the metaphor I give people is like, if you imagine the world of big data as this faraway data lake, you know, then we can think of the world of big ops as it's the same amount of water but it's an interactive water park and everyone's wow. there and they're coming in and, you know, like, how do we make sense of that? How do we govern, you know, that new reality? Right. And that's where your, your marketing enablement piece, I think, could, would fit in there, you know, as, as part of that broader ops. So it's a fantastic opportunity. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And then the last topic, uh, you know, was uh, harmonizing human and machine. Mm. You know, AI is just becoming more and more practical, you know, in how we can leverage it in so many different contexts, you know, but I think we're, we're still trying to learn like, okay, how do we do this? Like what's good for the machine to do? What's good mm-hmm. for us to do? And where are the magical intersections where actually us working in tandem, yeah. you know, with these machines, let us do outcomes that are yeah, beyond anything we could have imagined five years ago. I resonate with that last point, especially I always felt like, you know, humans are, are better in thinking meta. So, you know, judgment, we have that creativity to, to do, you know, messages and, you know, codes and, and things that would, you know, hit the human soul, the human heart. And we're also comfortable, right, with dissonance. Whereas AI, I think, you know, we can do a lot of uh, outsource from a marketing, so a lot of cumbersome, repetitive tasks, and then therefore free up humans to do a lot higher order value add right in in, in marketing so I, i'm a big proponent of that last point it's fantastic you know wow we, there's so much and uh, you know we definitely have to you know, carry on this conversation for sure but i think this is a great spot to wrap up this, this discussion especially as we look at uh, the things that you mentioned with martech 2030 the overlay against experience 2030 now where can we find some of these great resources uh, obviously your blog and the other spots you would recommend yeah, actually, the blog chiefmartech.com. Yes. And that's Chief Martech without the H at the end. That's right. That's a tricky Long part. story. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to get that story you know, in one of the one of our conversations. But also, uh, yeah, I'm at Chief Martech, the same spelling uh, on Twitter. So, yeah, if you have a question and you want to reach out to me, uh, always happy to engage with people. It's amazing. I'm continually learning as much from everyone else, you know, uh, trying to just share some of that back into the world. So um, uh, I'd love to engage with people around this stuff. And we'll make sure that all these are included in our show notes. Uh, Thank you, Scott. It's been fantastic. As usual, I'm always energized after talking with you. So if you have enjoyed today's show, please uh, head on over to sas.com slash reimagine marketing podcast, all one word to join in the conversation and get even more bonus content. You can also subscribe to our series on your favorite podcast platform. Just do a search, Reimagine Marketing. And you can also stay in touch by emailing us at Reimagine Marketing Podcast, all one word, at SAS, that's SAS.com. So this is Wilson Raj. Don't forget to join us again for another episode. And thank you for listening. Have a great day. 